Amen. What a way to start the morning. Amen. Wasn't that wonderful? Man, it's been so good to be together. This morning we have come from a, just a, in a wonderful service. Pastor Cameron spoke and it was wonderful. And uh, we celebrated all of our graduates this year. It was a wonderful time, 25 strong, and it was just a wonderful time. If you see them today uh, here around the church, you want to tell them congratulations and we love you. It's been a wonderful time. And today, a uh, special time because Brother Cameron is going to be speaking again here in just a few moments, and you will get a beautiful, wonderful word from him. And tonight, we start our camp meeting up in Columbus. We are going to meet as a family, and it is going to be in Columbus at the Potter's House Church of God at 6 o'clock, and it is a wonderful time. We're going into camp meeting. Uh, tonight is at 6 o'clock. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday will be at 7 o'clock up there. There's going to be special singing special preaching every night. It's a wonderful time for the whole Church of God denomination in Ohio to come together, 241 churches strong. We all come together and have fellowship and a wonderful time together with preaching and singing. 
and it's just awesome. And this year, we're celebrating 100 years of the Church of God in Ohio, so it's a very special celebration. Tonight, our choir will be there, all of our music. It's going to be wonderful. Under Gary, who is the state chair of the music department in the Church of God here in Ohio, and also a very special tomorrow night. We're going to celebrate that 100 years. There's going to be a beautiful uh, senior adult choir that's going to be singing, just going back through all the years and just having a lot of remembrance, a lot of good time. And uh, it's a wonderful time for us to be together. With that being said, we're going to get out and welcome each other into the house of God. It's great to have you today. Let's have fellowship.
Suit your presence, Lord. To him who sits on the throne and unto the land.
Psalm 97 says this. I feel directed by the Holy Spirit right now. The Lord reigneth. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be glad thereof. Clouds and darkness around him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. A fire goeth before him and burneth up his enemies round about. His lightnings enlightened the world. The earth saw and trembled. Do you know how big our God is this morning? Do you know how big God is this morning? The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth, the heavens declare his righteousness and all the people will see his glory. We worship you. We magnify you, oh God. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While they're getting ready to sing this again, I want us to take just a moment. There are special needs. We prayed for those who were bold and courageous enough to come forward. But the Holy Spirit let me know there are needs out there in the audience. You didn't come forward, but you need God to move a mountain. You need him to melt a mountain in your life. I want you right now, wherever you are, if you've got a need, I want you to say, "That's I've got a need as big as a mountain. I want your hand to go straight up as big as you can all over this house. I want you to look around at someone standing beside of you. Sister Sue and Angel Brashear came forward this morning. And they let us know about a little girl named Cece. Cece heard. I want you to lift her up. She fell into a campfire and has had burns all over her body. And she's in ICU this morning. We're going to pray for her right now. I want somebody to pray for little Cece. And we're going to pray for these needs that are mentioned right here. And we're going to see a miracle take place. How many of you know God is not deaf? He is not deaf. He is not silent. God can hear you when you cry out and when you pray. So right now, I want you to lift now that other hand up. Let's lift up a surrendered body to, to Christ, lifting up every need and every heart in every life. Father, we come to you. Lord, we honor you. We thank you that we can bring every care to you as the angels cry, holy, holy, holy before your throne. Lord, we cry out holy in this sanctuary this morning. We believe that you're able to do anything and nothing is impossible with you. We ask you to minister to every need from the left side to the right side, from the front to the back. God, touch every heart, every life, melt every mountain in the name of Jesus Christ. Touch little Cece, Lord, and minister your hand upon her heart and upon her life physically. Touch her body in the name that is above every name. The name that can melt the mountains. The name that can cause you and I to be victorious. The name that is above every other name. The name of Jesus Christ. Give him glory and give him praise this morning.
Congregation, I want to hear you sing that. Men, let me hear you sing it.
been walking the same old road for miles and miles if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies if you've been trying to fill the same old holes inside well there's a better life there's a better life if you have pain he's a pain if you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Oh, yeah. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. And we've all run to things we know just ain't right. But there's a better life. Yeah, there's a better life. If you have pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Oh, yeah. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. And we've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. Well, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you have change, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Oh, yeah. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify, testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. You got pain. 
a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom or saving He's a prison shaking Savior If you got chains He's a chain breaker you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify, come on, if you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify, testify, if you believe it, if you receive it. You can feel it, somebody testify. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. Oh, if you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Oh, if you need freedom. Oh, saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Yes, he is. Amen. How many of you have that testimony in your heart? <laughs> How many of you have that in your heart? You believed it, you've received it, you live that out everywhere you go. Where do you testify, somebody says? doesn't always mean you stand behind a pulpit. What it means is you testify to your neighbors. You testify to your workplace. You testify to your family. You testify everywhere you go. The Bible even says that the creation itself declares that God is awesome and his glory is everywhere. Amen. How many of you would say glory to almighty God this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. We believe that and we know it. So thankful for the truth of God's word in our lives. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Feels good in here today on graduation Sunday. Boy, we had a wonderful time at the first service. Our 9 o'clock hour, not only did we have 20, we have 26 total graduates this year, which is almost a complete record in the history of this church. But it is unbelievable the message that came from Pastor Cameron. He is going to be speaking in this service. He's got a word for you. I don't know how to be different. Uh, some, I think some of you are graduating. How many of you are still graduating with God? Only four of you. All right, Awesome. I'm graduating with the Lord. Thankful for all he's done. But it's a message that's timeless. It was a message of power. It was a message that causes every one of us to be challenged. And I'm so thankful that he's here to be a part of that in this service as well. But we congratulate all of our graduates, all of our families, all of our moms and dads. Because really, Graduation Sunday is a relief for you as well. So we're, we're excited to celebrate today. We pray now for the state of Israel. 
we not only remember our country, but how many of you know that we need to remember all countries around the world where there is torment, terror, and death and violence. This morning we remember the people of Great Britain, the terror they've been in in the last 24 hours. It's been, it would be unbearable and unbelievable for the families that have connected. And you know, my heart goes out to those families. And I believe it's the responsibility of the body of, the, of the body of Christ that we pray for them. Amen? So we're going to pray for the state of Israel. And as we pray for Israel and we continue to follow the admonition of the word of God that says, seek the good of Israel, seek the blessings of Israel, in that you'll be blessed. It also says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And as we do that, we pray that not only there, but here and around the world. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we come to you now. We ask you, Lord, as we honor Israel, we thank you for Israel and the history that teaches us about a God who is faithful. We honor them today and pray for their borders all around, for protection for their sons and their daughters, for their families, for their grandparents and moms and dads. We pray, Lord, that you will keep your hand upon them, touch their leaders, anoint them, to continue to follow the admonition and the leading of God in the earth in these last days. And Lord, we thank you for those Messianic believers. We thank you for the Jewish folks who have discovered Jesus Christ as indeed come. You are the Savior. I pray for their protection. We lift them up to you and pray that they will continually be a light to the chosen people of Israel, sounding loud the message that Jesus is the Messiah that he has come. Let a great revival break out in Israel today, we pray. And Lord, around the world, the comfort, the strength, the healing that is needed for the people who are hurting, the families and hearts who are afraid, who are panicked. God, we ask you to touch them and minister your strength to them in Great Britain and around the world. Lord, especially touch the United States of America. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our states, for our people, for just fabric of America, the people of America, the values of America. God, it seems at times we're so divided these days. I pray that you will bring hearts and minds together for the good of mankind, seeking your will on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this prayer over us and over the world. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Tomorrow night we'll turn to celebration. I'm sorry, I thought, I thought you were done. I'll tell you later. No, go ahead. All right. Tomorrow night for the 100th celebration, we are doing a celebration choir. If any of you have ever sang in this church and would like to come be a part of that, 5 o'clock tomorrow night, we're rehearsing. We're going to sing things like I'll Fly Away, just some good old songs. We would like to invite you to be a part of that. Now, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Well, it is our associate pastor's birthday today, Sister Liz Ambergy. Liz, would you stand? We want to honor you. We love you. Wait, 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 wait. We love you and we honor you. We want you to know you are so loved by your church, and today we celebrate with you, and it's all about you today. 
what, what is this? Pony Express? Yes, Pony Express. <laughs> this, what does it say? Pony Express from Oklahoma? This, this is for Whitney Jones. Where's Whitney? Whitney, are you here? C could you step up here for a minute? She's sitting there. She's like, uh-uh, I'm not coming. <laughs> Cameron, you might want to come up here. This is by Pony Express all the way from Oklahoma. Your mom and dad couldn't be here today, so they sent a Pony Express package all the way to Middletown, Ohio, just to make sure that you would have a happy birthday as well. It's our youth pastor's wife, Whitney Jones's birthday as well. So not only do we get to sing to Liz, but we get to sing to our youth pastor's wife, Whitney, as well. Would you help me in a big round of happy birthday, Feliz Complianos. Ready? All right. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Liz and Whitney. Happy said something about killing her mother. So, Mickey Laramore, if you're watching, she did say that in the altar. So. We wish you both a very happy birthday. We love you very much, and we celebrate you today. Our ushers are coming to serve you. Two wonderful women born on the same day. God was up to something, wasn't he? That must be a special day in heaven. Today, the special ladies are to be born. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Listen to what the word of God says. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Somebody ought to say amen. As it is written, he is dispersed abroad, he is given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. That's the word of God. And that is powerful for us this morning. Amen? Amen. Father, we come to you. We thank you for the privilege and the opportunity. And, Lord, with good hearts and attitudes, we have decided to give this morning. And, Lord, we give cheerfully. We thank you for your blessings towards us and how that you provide for us, Lord. There are so many, many testimonies in this congregation of the times you have been there and you have come through. And we honor you today, for that truth is what we stand on. And so we give, Lord. 
to bless our missionaries around the world, and we also pay our tithe and give in obedience to your word. And in that, your word declares we are blessed. And so, Lord, we sow bountifully. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you, Father. Amen.
Amen. Anybody thankful for the goodness, the grace, the love of Jesus Christ today? I don't know about you, but I know that when I woke up this morning, I breathed in fresh mercies from God. The Bible tells us in Lamentations that His mercies are new every single morning, and I'm thankful for that today, and I know that you're thankful for that today. I wanted to do something, if I could, before we share the Word of God. I want to get right into what the Lord's laid on my heart. Can we give our pastor a round of appreciation? Can we clap our hands, thank him, and appreciate him? We get the pleasure of working with him every single day, and there's not someone more real that we've ever known, and authentic, and skilled, and talented, and so we're so thankful to be under his ministry, and we thank him for that. Today, I want to share with you, if I can, share my heart, get into the message. This morning, we graduated, like Pastor said, 25, 26, and and we had more that graduated that were unable to to participate this morning, but, but we're thankful for where God's taking them. And what God's doing. I I was thinking about the word graduation. And that word graduation, it doesn't just apply to those that graduate high school or college. Graduation, if you think about something, graduating is is finishing something. We think about, we complete something. Some of us, it's been a long time. Some of us, we may not remember when we graduated. Like myself, maybe. Uh, Some of us, maybe it's just a few months back. Maybe it's been a few years back. But when we graduated, we finished something. But that's not all that happened when we graduated. We didn't just graduate and finish and complete something. We also graduated to something. We also moved into another season of our life that we were prepared for and God was preparing us for. So as we talk to our graduates and as I talk to the men and women of God that are here today and those that are under the sound of the voice of this ministry today, that that God is up to something and God's going to speak into your life because I feel like even in our life we may be in the middle of a season, maybe we're coming through a season, maybe we've come from something, but I want to remind us today that not only have we come from something, but we're going to something today, that God is preparing us, and that God is empowering us, and God is strengthening us for the task that's at hand. There's a man that um, that I follow, an adventurist, a guy that his name is Bear Grylls, he's famous, and he's on all kinds of shows, he takes all of these famous people, and they drop them in all of these crazy places. Uh, all over the world, and and they call him a survivalist, and supposedly he can survive anywhere that he's at. He can survive in Antarctica, he can survive in Africa, he can survive in in Middletown, Ohio, he can survive wherever he's dropped into, he can survive. And the reason he says that he can survive is the implementation or the application of certain survival skills. There are certain things that no matter where he's dropped, If he's able to do those things, he'll succeed and he'll live 
and he'll prosper and he'll make it. There are certain things, I just feel the Lord right there. I just feel that so strong. There are certain things that when applied, it doesn't matter if he's in Antarctica, if he's in Middletown, if he's in Franklin, if he's in Africa, if he's in South America, if he's on the mountain somewhere, no matter where he's dropped into, there are things that he applies that cause him to survive. I don't know about you, but there's some of us that are in here today that if we could be honest, we've been through some things, but it's because of God's grace that he's brought us through. It's because of God's grace and his mercy today that we can be called survivors. Some of us, if you were to tell the person next to you what you've been through, they wouldn't believe it, but God knows today. And I want to tell you something, you're breathing right now because you made it. You're breathing right now because God has an, a plan for you, God has a purpose for you, and he's taking you to something. It's not about what you've come from, even though he's going to use you, use that to propel you into it, but it's about what he's taking you to. And somebody knows needs to know today that he's taking you to something. And I want to tell you, as he takes you to something like that, today as he's taking you to that, I, I want to share some things from the, the word of God, some things that God's given me, some survival tips, some survival skills. And I shared some of these, and I changed it up for, for the 11 o'clock service, but some survival, some skills that when applied, it doesn't matter where you drop. It doesn't matter if you lose your job. It doesn't matter if you go through situations in life. It doesn't matter if, if seasons change in your life. When these things are applied, these things become a part of your life. They, they become applied to your life, then success will happen. The first thing that I want to tell you about or share with you from my heart today is this. In survival mode, in surviving, coming to something, is that we should always and always trust in the eternal everlasting wisdom of our God. Listen, I want to tell you something. Fads and philosophies come and go. Let me tell you about some that, that were around when I was a kid, and they're, they're buried right now. They're, they're burned up. They're not even a fad or a philosophy. We know if you've lived any amount of time, you know that fads and philosophies, they come and go, but God did not come and go. He's always been. He's eternal, he's everlasting, and he's there. Listen to what Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28 says. It says, have you not known? Have you not known? Have you not heard? This was a response to a challenge about the faithfulness of God. He, he says, have you not known? Have you not heard? He says, the Lord is the everlasting God. I don't know about you, but when I'm seeking advice, I love 36-year-old advice or even 72-year-old advice. But the greatest advice is everlasting advice. The greatest advice is eternal advice, the, the one that's always been my daughter the other day. She's getting way too smart for her own good. At six, she looked at me and she said to me, she said, Dad, who created God and where did he come from? And that was an easy answer for me because I said, baby, listen, nobody created God. He created us. He's always been and will always be. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And the Bible says that, that for God so loved the world that, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. That eternal life, it's in Christ. It's not in our man-made philosophies. It's not in our fads of, of this day. It's not in poems that make us feel better or something that we share on Facebook or forward on in our emails to get blessings to come back. It's in the wisdom of God. And I trust in that eternal wisdom. When I don't know what to do, I know that God does. When I don't know where to turn, I know I can turn to Him and He'll lead me and He'll guide 
made me. The Bible says he's the, in Isaiah 40, it says the Lord, he's the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. The creator. The creator of the ends of the earth. I love that. I, I'd rather seek the creator's heart than try to seek the creation's heart. I'd rather seek the one that made us and has a plan for us and that wisdom than to try and settle for something that's temporary. It says this, he does not faint or, or grow weary. And his understanding, his wisdom, it's, it's unsearchable. It's beyond our man's ability to, to, to find or, or to grab a hold of apart from him. It says this in verse 29, he gives power to the faint. I'm thankful that when I'm tired, he's not. I'm thankful that when I'm discouraged and I'm downcast, he's not. I'm thankful that I don't have to worry about what mood God is in that day because he never changes. I'm thankful that I can go to him and when I need strength, he has enough to give away. And not just to me, but to you and to you and to everybody that's in here that no matter how down we are, no matter how far down we are, deep in despair we are. I feel Jesus right here, maybe turning something all around. No matter how deep in despair we are, our God has enough strength to turn it all around, to give it away to us, and we can rise. Rise up, the Bible says, on wings of eagles, and we can have our strength renewed. He, and to him who has no might, he increases their strength. And you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who trust in the Lord. That's one of those if promises. This is the hard part about teaching God's word sometimes, understanding it. It's that responsibility we have. We think about all the things God does, and yes, but this one of those if promises is, but they that trust in the Lord shall renew their strength. So there's something that I have to do. There's something that I have to commit to. I've got to commit to trusting in the wisdom and the power and the strength and the plan and purpose of God. That means I don't need to run and try and make my own way. When the people of Israel, they were, they were facing the Red Sea. This story in the Bible, the, the people of Israel had come all the way out of, of Egyptian bondage. And they were the Red Sea was in front of them. And the Egyptian Pharaoh and all of his chariots were behind them. It was death here and it was death there. And if they tried to make their way, I'm one of those that tries to make my way. I'm guilty. I try to make my own way. I would have been one that when I was facing those two options, I would have tried to swim the Red Sea, which would have been certain death. Or I'd have tried to go back and fight against the Egyptian army, which would have been certain death. I need to tell somebody today that, that we need not do that. We need only to be still and trust in God. We may not see the way. We may not see the pattern. But God does. And he's not even sweating right now. He's not even put out in any way, shape, or form because he's God. He's always been God. And he'll always be God in your life. You may be faced with mountains. You may be faced with situations that seem unsurmountable to you. But I feel like telling somebody today, faint not. I feel like telling somebody today, trust in the Lord and you'll see that Red Sea part. You'll see all of your enemy that's chasing you be swallowed up in the very thing that seems to keep you from your promise. God is on the throne. If we'll trust in Him, He'll renew our strength. And then it says, and those that trust in Him, they'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and they'll not be weary. That's good. Obviously, it's God's Word. They shall walk and not faint. I just felt the breath of God in here. I just, I felt that. They'll run and not be weary. Bible says don't be weary in your well-doing. For in due time, if we faint not, 
will reap a harvest. I feel like repeating that one more time. It says, do not be weary in well-doing, but in due time, if we faint not, you will reap a harvest from the Lord. We're trusting in you, God. He doesn't get weary. Those that, that trust their strength, they trust in themselves. Their strength's not renewed, but when they trust in God, they will. Like I said, it's not about finding it for ourselves. It's about clinging to the one that never changes. Never changes. And I'm thankful for that today. I'm thankful that I don't have to have it all figured out. I'm thankful that I, I've abandoned that ego. I've abandoned that arrogance to try and make it myself. I, I'm trying my best to humble myself under the mighty hand of God. And the Bible says when we do that, he'll lift us up. It says this also, I want to share with you, not only trusting in the eternal wisdom of God, but also I want to say this to the people of God. And I pray, and I prayed this for our young people today, but I also pray this over us today because as much pressure that's on young people today is also on adults. It's also on those that are older. And it's this pressure to conform. It's this pressure to be like everybody else. You have to cheat to get by. You have to cut corners in business to, to make it. You have to do things and compromise if you're going to make it in this world to, to try and fit in. We're, we're afraid. We're intimidated. I want to I tell you this second thing is do not be afraid to stand out and be different. We spend way too much energy trying to fit in. And not enough energy trying to make it in. We spend way too much energy trying to be like other families. You know, they post things all the time and they look so happy. I just want to do those things and make my family happy. Those pictures don't tell the whole story. Those pictures can tell a lie. Anything can be photoshopped. What I want to do is I want to stand in the presence of God. And I want to raise my girls and my wife to honor and serve the Lord and to stand out and to not be afraid to be different in this world and this society today. There's a man, and I feel like that man is in here today. There's a man by the name of Daniel in the Bible, in the same likeness of, of Daniel that God wants to raise up. And it says this in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. It says, but Daniel resolved. But Daniel resolved. I said this in the early morning service, and I'm going to say it again. One of the greatest teachings pastor gives us, he tells us of, of, of Dr. Horton, who's a, a famous minister in the church of God and the leader of campus choir for decades and decades. And pastor tells us that one Sunday night he came in for practice, and he walked in, and he kind of stumbled in and sat in his chair, and everybody got quiet and came to, came to attention. And, and he said, choir, I want to tell you something tonight, one thing. And everybody listened, and he said, I have a made-up mind. And everybody said, okay, that's good. Is he okay, you know, like cheeseburger? I mean, made-up mind, good, that's great, awesome. Okay, let's do something. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, listen, 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 listen. He said, I want to tell you again. He said, I want to tell you I have a made-up mind. And he kept telling that, and that began to catch on. There's something powerful about a made-up mind. There's something powerful about a decision that's made. The Bible says that Daniel resolved. Daniel made a choice today. Daniel made a choice today that he would not, the Bible says this, Scripture, that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that they drank. Therefore, he asked the chief eunuchs to allow him. He, he made up his mind that he was not going to be like everybody else, even if it cost him something. He was not going to 
be the same as others. He wasn't going to be afraid to stand out and be different. He, he asked that, that he wouldn't have to eat this meat and drink this wine, which was according to the Old Testament. This was uh, uh, not pleasing to God and not God's plan. And listen to this. And God, in verse 9, it says, And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. I want to tell you this today, that when you stand up with God, all of heaven stands up with you. We were joking about this before. We talk about standing up for God. God doesn't need me to stand up for Him. He already won. But I stand up with Him. And when I stand up with Him, when I make that decision to stand up with Him, and it doesn't matter how small, it doesn't matter how meager you think you are, when you stand up in faith and you say, you know what, I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not going to be pushed into this certain area and made to compromise. I'm going to stand up with God, not be afraid to be different, and I'm going to do what God said to do. And all of a sudden, heaven just hits you in the back and starts pushing you forward and promoting you and giving you favor. And the people that are over you, they see the favor of God on your life and all of a sudden you begin to get promoted everywhere we go. What if Christian businessmen and what if Christian stood up in the workplace all over the world and they stood up with God and we saw the favor of God come on us. I just believe that our culture would be transformed. I believe that God would begin to put people like Daniel in places of authority. He'd begin to put people like Daniel in places all over the world that can affect change in our society. Who is Daniel today and who am I talking to because God is calling you to stand up with him and he's reminding you in the midst of that that he's going to stand up not just him but all that he has all that comes with him I should him but all that comes with him stands up with you today I don't want to be like the rest I want to be like the best I want to be like Christ I want to do it like he did it I want to live for him the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 it says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy. And that gate leads to destruction, and those who enter are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. This is not a proclamation from God. This is something that God tells us is just true. Something that God, it's not something that pleases God. It breaks God's heart. You don't want to be intimidated by what others say and think. Listen to Daniel chapter 1 and verse 15. At the end of these 10 days, they went 10 days and they said, I'm not going to eat those. We're going to eat uh, food that, that pleases God. And they, they were given favor and that door was open. And listen to this in Daniel chapter 1 verse 15. It says, at the end of 10 days, it was seen, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. I'm not afraid to be different. I'm not afraid to stand out. I, I want to be somebody that God uses, and I believe that this church is not afraid to be different. I believe that the people in this house are not afraid to stand out. They're, they have courage today. We, we live enslaved in this society to the opinions of others. We, live in, we make decisions every day according to what other people think, but be free from that today in the name of Jesus. That's a bondage just like anything else. We live according to that, and it's only magnified with things that go on in our society. But, oh, God, raise us up and let us be comfortable in our own skin, pursuing you and, and, and chasing after your heart. And we know that, that you'll be with us and you'll strengthen us and empower us today. I also want to share this with you today. In this new season, as we graduate into things, the survival skills, not only is, is 
uh, trusting in God and not being afraid to, to, to stand out and be a little bit different, even in our workplaces and our families. It's okay to be that. Also, also, what we always can do is grow. What we always can do is, is to be growing. I want to tell you something today. It's easy to get stuck. Good people get stuck. Good people get stuck in a rut. They get stuck in a pattern of of doing things. But let us not get stuck in a pattern of doing things that aren't taking us towards our destiny. Not taking us toward our calling. Not taking us toward the purposes and plans of God. Grow, and don't just grow, but grow where you are. Some people want to, to get everything together so they can grow. But what I know about God is the first thing I need to get together is I need to get in the family. I can't look like the family if I'm not in the family. Sometimes with Jesus, we try to to look like Jesus and do all of these things, and then somehow I can be accepted into the family. Can I tell you today what gets you accepted into the family of God? It's faith in Jesus Christ. It's not our good works. They're they're like filthy rags to God. What's going to change you and what's going to save you is to put your faith and your trust and your hope in Jesus Christ today. And he'll wash away your sins. He'll wash away everything, your past. He'll take care of you. And then all of a sudden what happens is because your heart belongs to him, then all of a sudden I act like the family. All of a sudden my life begins to change. I get out of the rut that I'm in. And I begin to grow in Christ. You say, well, I'm not where I want to be then then grow stop waiting on the perfect circumstances to start growing I feel like saying this today I feel like saying this today produce where you're planted produce where you're planted we wait for those perfect situations to come and some of us and as I was praying early this morning it's true some of us have been hurt in church Some of us have been in situations that have caused us to kind of just sit back and just wait. But I just pray a refreshing and a a new wind to to blow over you today, to to grow. And I'm going to tell you something that is impossible not to grow is when prayer becomes a part of our everyday life. When prayer becomes not just a, a part of my Christianity but it becomes a habit that I'm in. It becomes the very lifeblood, the, the very thing that I need to be sustained and to grow in. It, it, somebody said one time that some people said that prayer is not a work, it is the work. When we go to, to worship God and to live for Him, we, we've got to pray. We've got to be a people of prayer. Listen to what Daniel chapter 6 says. It says, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. And he got down on his knees three times a day, and he prayed, and he gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. You talk about somebody that wasn't afraid to stand out, but here's this. One version of it said he gave thanks, and he did all these things as he had been in a habit of doing. He was purposed in his mind and his heart that he was going to grow. He wasn't going to be intimidated. He didn't shut his windows. He opened them towards Jerusalem. And he prayed. He was a a man of prayer. I just want to say that that's so important to apply to our lives. It's the work. And I also want to say this today to this service. I want to tell you something so important in our growth process along with prayer. But something so important to our growth process is staying connected to your church. You know, the enemy, we talk about sin. And yes, sin is destructive. And sin can 
it leaves a, a terrible, a terrible situation in its wake. The conclusion of sin is the same every time. It doesn't matter who it is. It's death every time. We know that. But one thing that the enemy wants to attack in this church is our unity. One thing this enemy wants to do that we have is he wants to separate us. And he wants to keep us to where we're just become just, well, I go to church with him. I'm going to tell you today that, that the kingdom of God didn't start growing by going to church with people. The kingdom of God in Acts chapter 4 as we see it, they were fellowshipping. They were breaking bread together. They were devoting themselves to prayer, to the apostles' teaching, the power of the Holy Spirit. These were people that were in love with one another. Go ahead right now. Hug that person next to you. Give them a good hug right there. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just... But they were in love with each other because God's love was in them. They weren't just putting their duty in. They were apart. They were plugged in. They were loving one another. Even in their weaknesses, they even shared their possessions with each other to make the kingdom of God grow. If the enemy wants to do something, I say this to our praise team all the time, the devil's not going to attack from out there to mess us up. He's going to attack from in here. He's going to try and divide us. He's going to try and make us mad at each other. He's going to try and get us to hold on forgiveness and bitterness towards each other so much so that we don't want to have fellowship with people but oh God raise us up to be a people that are on fire for the things of God that are on fire for the people of God on fire for the work of God that love one another that care about one another and that are in fellowship with your church and other believers as God leads us and guides us listen to Galatians chapter 5 this says, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out. It says watch out in doing that. Watch out that you yourself are not consumed by one another. I'll tell you what, maybe the Holy Spirit can take the fangs out sometimes. Can we say this and be honest? Sometimes Christians are the meanest people I know. Go to the, go to the restaurant today and ask them about that. Ask your server about that today. Leave a tip, no tip. Say Jesus loves you as a tip. You, you ask me if that waiter wants Jesus. No, they don't. They actually don't want to come to your church and they'll find out and they won't be there. I promise you that. Luckily we have a good pastor and different good people in our church that give good tips. But listen, go, go ask them about that. That, that doesn't work. It says we, we have to be careful. We've got to be declawed. We've got to, our fangs to be taken out so that God can do something brand new in our hearts. That he can bind us together. We used to sing a, a song that said, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. I want to go through some of the difficult, most difficult times in my life. And I know that there are people that will be right there with me. And listen, which leads me to my next point. I don't just want to go through difficult times in my life and people to be there for me. I, I also want to be there for them. tells us this, and I'm telling you, I woke up this morning, and this is what God gave me for the service. I, I prayed, but, but God put this. He just gave, and I could go on and on right here. But, but this last part about our growth, our prayer, and staying connected to the church, another thing that, that we have to apply is we've got to serve other people. We've got to be concerned with the issues that other people have, too. Something that I learned is that I personally have grown the most when I helped others grow. 
That, that is life-changing right there. That, that's not Cameron saying that. I'm not saying, hey, Cameron just said something. But, but that is. That, that's a great, great truth. When I started helping other people grow, that's when I began to grow leaps and bounds. It says in Matthew 23, 11, the greatest among them will be your servant. Man, that so transforms everything. We're, we're in the society right now, especially where we want to be served. We're in the society, this McDonald's society. I just made that up right there. I just called it that. I'm going to write a book. The McDonald's society where we get it, like we want it, we want to be served. And if we're not served properly, then we'll go somewhere else. If we're not served properly, we'll get upset. We'll talk to the manager. We'll cause all kinds of problems. But what if we started living our life to serve? What if we started living our life to give instead of receive? Man, how much would that change? Jesus, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, he said, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, plentiful, but the laborers are few. The workers are few. I'll tell you, it's true that, that in this season that God has plans for you. But I just want to tell you in the, the fact that you're moving into something different as we move forward in that, a way to survive is to serve. A way to survive. The Bible says to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and your mind and your soul. And then love your neighbor as yourself. It says to love your neighbor as yourself. I always thought, oh man, that means I need to go out and, and, and look good. I need to take care of myself. I can't be loving somebody else if I'm not loving this. You know, I got to go out and make it all right and get it going. And then I realized, no, wait a second. That means that God loves my neighbor just as much as he loves me. That means the plans that God has for my neighbor are just as real and sure as they are for me. That, that means I need to stop coming home and thinking, Cam, you need to go do your thing and you need to do it. I need to start thinking about the plans that God has for the people that are around me. And I need to be a participator in, in that coming to fruition. The pastor is going to come here and he's going to help us finish today if he, if he would. But I want to I say that today that there are so many opportunities as we go about our day to help other people grow. When we start to make other people a, a, not just a, a part of what I'm doing, but a part of my life, I want to help. I want to grow. I want to be a part of something. When we graduate from season to season, a surefire way to grow, a surefire way to pass, a, a surefire way to survive, a surefire way to succeed and prosper is to plant seeds and to water seeds and always be uh, giving the word of God in season and out. I sat with a couple yesterday in, in the graduation parties. We had 26 of those that, that we're going to. And... Um, that's a budget right there. If you didn't catch that, that's a budget for those parties. But, but I sat with a couple that go to this church, and they have for many years, and they told me. And they're here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival every time the doors are open, and they will never complain about that. It's never a burden for them to do it. It's never something that they don't have to do. One of their great-granddaughters, we stood up here, was a miracle, and granddaughter, great people, and when I was talking to them, I just wanted to stand up in that living room and say, well done. Well done, a life well lived. And I could see the joy and the peace in their eyes. And if there was no regret that they've lived like that, I'll tell you, every 
funeral I go to, every visitation I go to, they're there. They're not paid pastors. They're not paid ministers. They don't have to do it. They go because they want to be a blessing. They go because they care about other people. They want to lift other people up at their darkest hour. Even at their older age, they wrap uh, Easter eggs for our Easter egg hunt, which is an outreach to the community to show them the love of Christ. Take our fangs out and start loving the community a little bit and showing them the love of Jesus. And they work at age in their 70s. They tape thousands of Easter eggs with candy. They work it every year for years and decades and decades and not one time. One of them, we worried about him last year. His health was getting real bad. And as soon as he was able to do it, he called Miss Carolyn and missing. He said, where are my Easter eggs? He wanted to serve. He wants to give. That's what his life is all about. And the fire and goodness of the Lord is in his eyes. And it doesn't matter how old he gets. He's full of God's peace. He's full of God's passion. And he's full of servanthood. He's full of the Lord. And I want to be like that. I want to stand in my last days, my last season of my life. He's lived that way. The seasons of his life have changed, but his heart never has as God has touched him. I want to stand up like that with no regrets. I want to give my family to the Lord, and I want to put them in the presence of God. And I want to tell you something today. I want to live with no regrets. A life well lived, dedicated and devoted to the Lord. Who are you today? Who are you today? Who, who's Daniel in this house today? Who's the servant that God wants to use? Every day we make choices, and choices can be made even in this service that will minister and witness to others. I had people in my life, we've heard about pastors, the people that, that have touched him. They've made decisions all along the way to care about others and their growth. I wonder today if there isn't a room full of ministers I wonder if there isn't a room full of servants. I wonder if there isn't a room full of people that, that when they go from season to season of their life, they care about people. There's nothing more valuable than when someone looks at you and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they care what happens to you. They're genuine about it. They want to see families grow. They want to see people grow. They want to see God work. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Survival for the fittest. Let God raise us up and touch us in this day, in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a tremendous message this morning that touches our hearts. While he was preaching and first service and then in this service again it was brought to my heart and mind when he said when we stand up with God heaven stands up with you I'm gonna, I told him already I'm going to tweet that this afternoon I get to do it when we stand up with God God heaven all of heaven stands up with us for my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, we seek a lot of things, don't we? We want a lot of things in this life. It's sad sometimes to see how much effort we put into the things of this world. In comparison, it's not, it's not negative to seek excellence and goodness. And, and I'm all about it. But the comparison of the things we put before God is sad. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. Things. That's all life is. Amen? Just things. And all these other things will be added to you. You know, that couple he was talking about, I knew immediately who he was speaking of. One of the things I know about them is in that faithfulness, in that dedication, in that commitment of their hearts and lives before God, I have seen miracle after miracle after miracle take place in their lives and in their families and in their children's lives. I've seen miracle after miracle. Are they pastors? No. Are they great uh, warriors in teaching and, and evangelizing? No. Do they direct? No. They're just faithful. They're just faithful. And I know them well enough to know I wouldn't dare call their name out. But I will tell you this, and, and if this tells it and gives it away, oh well. I'll, they'll have to just buy me a steak. <laughs> but I want to announce to you this morning, this morning at the 9 o'clock service, we brought little Ellie Hope up on stage and introduced her to her church for the first time. And I got about halfway up the aisle, and I couldn't just bring Ellie. I turned around, I went back, and I got Kristen, her mother. And I said, Chris, I said, please don't be upset with me because she's quiet. I said, will you please come up here with me because you're just as much a part of this miracle as Ellie is. And, boy, we brought them both up here on stage, and we got to see a doctor who said that neither one of them would go home. The probability would be that they would not go home, that both of them would not make it. But here they were this morning at the 9 o'clock service presenting to God. Another miracle, a miracle, a miracle. And that same gentleman was given a helpless and hopeless diagnosis. But God healed and touched him and brought him into, into health. And I'm thankful for that. It doesn't honor the man. It doesn't honor the woman. It honors God. It honors God. If he is who he says he is, then what's wrong with us? It's a no-brainer. Put God first. And in all of that, we find the strength and the blessing and the overcoming victory and power of God is ours through him. Amen? Amen. Stand with me this morning. If you stand with God, all of heaven stands with you. Man, I wish that was my quote. But instead, it's got to say Pastor Cameron Jones. One more time, appreciate Pastor Cam and the message that we've heard today. You know, I hear, I hear war stories as a regional elder. I go and break up fusses and fights and meet with councils. And I talk with all kinds of people where the assistant and the director and the youth pastor and the music minister. And the mu music minister, for some reason, caused lots of problems in churches. <laughs> But I meet with lots and lots of people and have to be a referee, referee many times. But I want to say I appreciate, number one, when Cameron appreciated me. But I want to tell you, Cameron, it is a joy to work with you. I love you, honor you, respect you. You're amazing. I just want to tell you as a church, I think it's pretty important for you to know this. Your pastor, your assistant pastor, your music minister even, and your, <laughs> and your youth pastor, all of us, we are like brothers, and we get along fantastic. We are so unified, it ain't even funny. God loves us, and I do. I, I like to joke with Gary, but he is the best, biggest, baddest minister of music on the face of the earth. And we got him right here at Stratford Heights. 
We got a good team. We got a good church. And we got other pastors that we are just as close to. And so with that said, man, we have a lot to be thankful for. And God is working a great work in our church. I want you to go today. Please, if you're able, come and be with us this evening at the camp meeting in Columbus tonight with Stratford Heights and Exaltation. We'll all be doing the music and the worship. It'll be a big night for us. And we all want to, I, they're trying to talk me into getting the choir. I just may do it. But we're going to go there and be a support. But we love them and so much. And I do want to say, I see Tanya Blakesley is here. Uh, Sharon, Holesclaw, and John. We want to remember all the families. We have three families this week. Uh, Tom and Pat Spade, they lost a family member. Tanya lost her mother, Susan Harp, you would know. Used to sit right here on the front row for many, many years. Faithful Lady of God is in heaven today. We're praying for the families and lifting them up today. Pam and Dave Williams, uh, Pam and David, Pam lost her mother, Mary Beasley. And we had her service this week as well. Let's remember these families and lift them up and strengthen them through prayer and faith. Amen. Don't forget to do that. God bless you. Remember, we don't have services this week here because we're at camp meeting every night through Wednesday. So come, be with us, and when you do, make sure you say hi. All right, God bless you. Amen.